Hello, children. It's the They Them Podcast. This is uh, Whooping Cough slash DJ Rotero slash Antonio and uh, my dear friend here. Moon Poet slash SG slash call me anything you want, baby. <laughs> anyway, we're here to steal other people's content again because like I like this show is just a stand show of like just between us, like by <laughs> Allison Raskin and like Gabby Dunn. So the episode that we were wanting to use is uh, from December 16th of 2020. Uh, it's called Just Between Us, Occupational Therapy with Vanessa Goralkin, Gender Identity Disclosure and Education. Um, basically, we're not really going to talk about the occupational therapy stuff of that episode, although it was really extremely interesting. And I definitely yeah. recommend that you listen to that um, episode in particular. That whole the Just Between Us podcast in, is absolutely amazing. In all honesty, like... In all honesty, I feel like this new reboot of the Just Between Us podcast is just like way, like it's so good. Like the way that they're going about it right now is is solid. And if you like our stuff, you will for sure love that stuff. So it's like- Especially because they get money <laughs> and they have like actual guests and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gabby Dunn also has another podcast called Bad With Money, which was honestly kind of a big turnaround point for me financially. Heavily stand the two of them. I think they're absolutely incredible. Um, particularly this one episode, um, they always start out with this segment called International Question, um, where they have an international question. And somebody writes into them and they just talk about it for a little bit. Um, Gabby doesn't ever read the like JBU email, uh, but Allison does. And Allison picked mm-hmm. this question at random and it just so happened to like absolutely like hit what Gabby was doing like on the head. Um, and it, it's a very tender moment. I, like JBU is like full of like the two of them crying and having realizations, which I think is like what, what makes it so great. Um, but this mm-hmm. one was particularly poignant because like it, it speaks so much to like just gender trouble in general and yeah. like the, the non-binary experience. Um, but I, I went ahead and wrote down the email that uh, the person sent in. Um, it's uh, from Anonymous. Uh, the TLDR is how do I talk to my partner about being non-binary? Um, okay, so in the past couple of months, I've been having dreams that I've told my partner that I want to use they, them pronouns. I woke up so excited until I realized that it wasn't real. And if I want to make it happen, I have to actually have that conversation all over again, except not in my dream life. But I haven't even come close to doing it. I've told one of my friends and my therapist, and I'm so happy to have talked it out and love the way that it's felt to be addressed differently. The weird part of this is that my partner is the loveliest and most supportive person in the world. They're trans. I'm like 99.5% sure that they would be great about it. Helpful to talk to and as usual, just generally interested in making me feel more comfortable. So why does the other 0.5% of the equation feel like it's the most dangerous thing in the world? I feel like I'm taking up too much space or like 30 is too old to figure this out. Or am I like copying them or they would have a bunch of questions and all I'd be able to say is that it makes me sweaty and uncomfortable that I keep being referred to as a woman when what feels more correct is just adult. Um, Sometimes I think, I just kind of think that they already know all this without me saying anything. Uh, But the more Mm -hmm. I want to actually talk about being non-binary, the more self-conscious I get about it. I've thought, I've caught myself now monitoring the way that I dress more than usual, wondering if they're gonna get mad at me like every other cis dude that I've ever dated. Why, 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 why do I feel like the person that makes the most sense to talk to about as the person that's the hardest to do it with. I'm too paranoid about this to not make an anonymous. Ah, and that's how the email ends. Um, (laughs) The discussion that they have, what happens is that uh, like, Gabby goes on to talk about how like, she's kind of, well, I guess they are in the same situation that they are dating a like, non-binary trans person and have talked about this to their therapist and like feel like they're maybe like copying them and just feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. talking to them in general um, because they just feel so undecided. Um, And that's kind of terrifying nearing your thirties. And (laughs) SG sent me the YouTube video where it just had that clip um, and I was at work, um, which is a great time to have an existential crisis. 
Um, You're always at work when I send you shit, I feel like. <laughs> that's very true. Um, and uh, it was just like, I, I feel exactly the same way. Uh, and I kind of wanted to talk about it as someone who has kind of like already been through the ringer. Like I, like I already said a while ago that I wanted to use they, them pronouns. And like, that's already been a thing. And like now, like what, now I'm undecided, like what, what the fuck is going on with that? And like, how, <laughs> like I'm getting close to 30. Like I just, I don't even know how to, I don't know, it, like, yeah. There's several things that I wanna talk about. First of all, I wanna talk about yeah. like the fear of taking up space within trans um, like scenarios. Um, I also wanna talk about the discomfort about how comfortable I feel in masculinity. Um, mm. I also really wanna talk about um, like the, the partner thing, like mm. having a partner that you know is supportive, but you still feel fucking awkward talking about it and why that is and why that, like, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of things that I feel very um, attuned to. I, I feel like also uh, both SG and I have kind of been going through a thing where we've had to deconstruct our own machismo um, mm. as Latinx people and how we like deal with machismo within our own self so i, I feel yeah. like that and that's some fucking four four dimension rubik's cube bullshit like <laughs> like yeah latinx machismo is oh man it's it's a fucking battlefield to work through so let's start with machismo actually um because yeah you um just recently well I, by just recently, I mean in the future, uh, we'll be releasing a yeah. poem um, that is called The Seven Deaths that is basically about like your family's relationship to machismo and like mm -hmm. not letting God kill you. You will die by your yeah. own hand sort of situation, <laughs> um, which is very yeah. like the intersection of like extreme depression and machismo. Uh -huh. um, I, I really enjoyed I, painting the cover for that um, chat book and <laughs> Um, I very, it's one of my favorite things that you've ever written. And it just is very like, it hits all the like high notes of what I love to listen to, which is alcoholism and depression and machismo. Um, yeah. So, do you want to like talk about that? Like what, what yeah. led you to write something like that? So, so like I, th this poem that I wrote, uh, it's titled Seven Deaths, an Oral History. And it, uh, I wrote it maybe, man, when was it? Like uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, like this spring, it'll be two years that I wrote that. And it it comes from this whole thing, like you mentioned that like my family, my my grandfather, I, I grew up hearing just like, like my grandfather's stories all the time. And, and one of the main stories that I remember is him telling me about like how most of the men in our family die because they like, they just it, it has that same feeling that like those stories about like pets that know that they're old <laughs> have where they'll just go into the forest and die alone <laughs> and just like and you just respect the fact that they don't want to bother you with their death but like <laughs> but like this is a straight up human being doing that with a bottle of alcohol just going off somewhere to apparently their favorite tree sitting down drinking and then and then dying and um it's funny to me how my grandfather very like he's a pretty intelligent man like uh but he doesn't see the fact that like there's something wrong with that like <laughs> that there is something really off about the fact that like this is how several men in our family have died to be honest, I don't know how many uh, people have died this way. I, I think the number may be around three or four, but like seven, seven made a lot of sense for kind of the way that my grandfather told the story to me. But um, it, it's just like, 
I was going through a really rough time working on poetry at the at the time that I wrote this poem two years ago and uh it is a poem that really like needed me to step away from my general aesthetics and try to write it in a new uh form and it, it was really difficult to deal with because I was both doing dealing with the machismo and also with uh, ha it having to be in a different aesthetic. And um, I spent like a month or two just hitting my head against a wall trying to figure out how to tell this story, especially because I've written poems about the same general idea maybe two or three times before. Um, and those poems were not as good as this one is. And uh, it, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't like, as a genderqueer person, especially an AMAB, like genderqueer Latinx person, I don't want to have to think about my masculinity. Um, I want to recede away from it because like it is the thing that most people see on a daily basis. And I, and there's kind of this mentality of if I start thinking of it in a different way, maybe other people will start seeing me uh, as differently as well. And um, I don't know, to some extent that works, but uh, there, there's also the problem of having not worked through it. And I think I, I'm still doing that work. It's not, it's not the same as it was two years ago, I guess, but like um, it's partially dealing with uh, the privileges that you get, but also just like the damage that you've done um, in the past and the damage that has been done to you. Um, I, I don't know, would that be kind of how, is that kind of how you see it or? Yeah, no, I like to me, it's very interesting because I've always kind of perceived you as being extremely uncomfortable with any sort of masculine part of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like I, like what, what's tripping me up right now um, is that like I've used they them pronouns uh, since I think 2017. Um, I, I've gotten very comfortable with people using they them pronouns with me. Um, and I still think that's probably the most accurate thing to say. Um, but like at the same time, mm -hmm. Gab Gabby has this line of like, like when, if, when somebody, she hears me, like I understand, like I'm not going to be upset. It's fine. About it. And like, I, I feel that because like I, th there's this really <laughs> like, you just want to be the cool girl. Like you just want to be easy to please. And like, just like, you just, yeah. you don't want to be the, one of those, like actually it's they, them, like in the middle of a fucking superstore. Like you want to be one of the people that's just like, yeah, I'm not triggered. What are you going to do? What are you going to say to offend me? I'm not offended. I'm fucking like fearless, but like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So they're yeah, bulletproof. Yeah. Like I, I was like, so I think from doing that, I think I've always been more comfortable with my masculinity than you have. Um, and mm -hmm. so it, it makes me feel weird that I have like had this, like <laughs> these moments where I just like sit down and I'm like, I, I'm not non-binary, I'm a straight up woman. And like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to do with those emotions because I'm pretty comfortable in my masculinity and I love the aesthetics of masculinity and I love exploring masculinity and what I write. And I like, I like uh, most of what I've been writing re like recently, not have to, having to do with the album that I'm about to put out. It's like future projects. It, it's all about masculinity and like that kind of thing. Cause I think about it a lot, but it was very weird to me to find something that you wrote that was about masculinity. <laughs> uh, well, because it's not I, that you haven't addressed it before, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think like part of it is um, like you, you date men and like you mostly your your sexual orientation tends to mostly swerve towards uh male seeming people while mine 
like even though I consider myself demisexual and uh, can can see myself with pretty much uh, any type of person, I tend to swerve more towards the feminine um, because there's um, it, there's just something I connect with it way, way stronger. It's also that the, my sense of femininity and masculinity are kind of fucking messed up and messed up in a fun way to me because of um, when I was a kid, like even, even though I spent a lot of time with my parents um, for about two or three years uh, when I was like uh, two to five, I, I spent a majority of my day-to-day life with my grandparents and my grandfather and you've met my grandfather like yeah. he's a very he's a man's man like yeah. he is he is he's super fucking like, cool yeah yeah he is he is really sweet but he but he also like he exudes this this masculinity while my grandmother like I I honestly think that my grandmother um she she was feminine in her own way but her femininity was pretty um uh pretty like out of sorts from like the time period that she was growing up in like um i think she she would fit in more with kind of like the way that femininity is being presented now because she she i don't want to like stereotype her but like she she is a little bit more rough around the edges and was never that into like wearing feminine clothes or or presenting very like I never saw my grandmother in a dress like I've never seen like I don't I can't think of a memory as a kid of seeing her in a dress. I always saw her in kind of in like pants or jeans and like um, some type of top or shirt or whatever. And like she, she for me that that was what a womanhood was <laughs> was kind of this this. Uh, this kind of rough around the edges I'm not gonna let you uh like decide for me I'm going to decide for myself type of thing um because my grandmother was very vocal about kind of how she saw and presented herself um she like a famous thing that you know especially about her she loved betting on horses like she loved uh she loved like just uh sitting for hours and figuring out like who were the best jockeys what were like who were the best horses like how who who's gonna win doing all the math and stuff and um and yeah i like in my brain the as i as i've been growing up uh in the past few years i've realized that the way that i dress is very similar to the way that she dressed and and like while for me that is feminine for a lot of people it isn't and it it's weird to me <laughs> like and it, it's even weird within my family because my mom is a very it is very feminine uh in, yes. in the way that she presents herself and so on and I I full-on respect and love her for it um the the thing is like I I feel like I've always kind of subscribed more for the type of femininity that my my grandmother had and um and I guess in my brain for the longest time that's what always fascinated me that's what I was always more into and um trying to pick at the at the masculine side, it's kind of dealing with a monolith that I like, it still scares me. Like it's it's still a thing that I'm not fully comfortable with. Um, But I think it's really hard to put into words, but it's just like, I think I've always dealt with 
gender in this kind of middle space. And it's hard for me to really, to really show like what, it's really hard for me to understand the, the, the complete different sides of that spectrum. So like, it's hard for me to understand like very, very feminine or very, very masculine. I'm very comfortable in the middle. So. See, I feel like for me, I, I've, I've had a really, really hard time being non-binary uh, because I like, <laughs> I'm never one to half-ass anything. So like, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm failing all the time. Like I, like, I feel like I, I don't know, my car got stuck in the snow the other day, fucking sucked. Um, there was like six, seven, eight inches of snow. Um, like while I was at work, my car got stuck. My boyfriend came and like picked me up and like his car got stuck once and then it got stuck twice. We like abandoned the car, walked home and I just called off the next day. So um, I was trying to get my car out of the ditch and like this like army vet dude like comes in like I, I had been trying to get that car out of the ditch for like such a long time like my like 15 minute break I tried my lunch break I tried this was my second 15 like right before I was about to like go home um I'd like dug out my like the like snow from underneath it and it was still just like not sliding because it was just on a, a hill um and this yeah. like army vet dude comes in leans his back against the post and like pushes it out with his legs and like flume like there it goes out and I'm like I am such a fucking like wuss like I what do I have to do to get to that tier of manliness I'm like Chad light I want to be a Chad what the fuck um so I'm bulking now this is a journey that I'm on <laughs> um and I feel like I like as much as I've been having these fucking mental breakdowns about like maybe I'm a girl like I just I can't deal with the fact that I would be a like incomplete girl and that I wouldn't like always be like inferior these are very transphobic things that I'm saying they're awful yeah 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 that, should not that's kind of how I've people. been feeling about talking as well it's yeah. like I feel like I'm saying very weird shit but th these are straight up my emotions like I can't yeah I can't like th Sugar these cutter. are the kind of things that like I would never say to somebody else, but I say them constantly to myself. Like I, like I would mm -hmm. never fat shame someone else, but like I fat shame myself all the fucking time. Like it's awful, and it's this like internalized fat phobia, and like that that's what we mean by internalized transphobia is these mm -hmm. horrible fucking thoughts, and like you never really get to see that in media, because like the people who are writing the media are usually cis, so they can't really say something like that because it sounds really transphobic. Mm -hmm. So like it, the, you just feel so fucking alone because you have these horrible transphobic thoughts about yourself. Um, and like, I, like as a non-binary person, I feel like I'm half-assing being a woman and half-assing being a man. And that just feels like unacceptable mm -hmm. for me. Like, it feels like I'm getting mm -hmm. to see everything and I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> and like, one of the things that's actually been helping me a lot has been TikTok, obviously. Um, there's yeah. a trend going around that is uh, like girls having the caption on this is like uh, dressing feminine in the way that men dress feminine. And then they'll like mm -hmm. have this kind of like Harry Styles sort of situation. And then like dudes will have on their profile dressing masculine the way that, in the way that women are masculine. And they have these like beautiful mm -hmm. power suits and like look really cool. And like, I feel like seeing other people, like, I feel like if I were a woman, I would still love a fucking power suit because I love tailoring. I think they're incredible. But like, I would want to dress masculine in the way that women are masculine. And like, that is kind of what it sounds like the way that you dress, that you're dressing yeah. the way that your grandma dressed, but like mm -hmm. you perceive that as feminine in like masculine in the way that women are masculine mm -hmm. sort of situation. And like, I, I, I get that. I, I feel that so hard and that like, I like, I am trying to dress masculine in the way that women are masculine but it's just perceived as masculine the way that I look. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I might as yeah. well bulk. Yeah, like it, it's so fucking frustrating because like I in some ways wish I could just go around yelling like, this is how my grandmother like dressed. <laughs> like this is, this is how I see this thing. And like- That'd be a great I, performance I, art I... piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because the thing is like, yeah, like sometimes I do like to wear more 
um, traditionally feminine clothes and so on. But like, even then I, I feel like it is, I don't know, like it, it doesn't feel, I, it, it goes like, it goes back to something I saw on TikTok recently where the issue is more that like, the issue isn't that clothes are feminine or masculine, but more that like masculine clothes are made for a particular type of masculine body and feminine clothes are made for a particular type of feminine body. And there's no like, there's no real, so like people who are like, very curvy um like might not feel very comfortable in certain feminine clothes um but do in certain masculine clothes and so on and so forth it's this whole issue of like it's not about putting gender to to clothes but putting body type to clothes and um and like, we don't just like the fashion industry can't figure that out. <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> like you, they want to have these, they want you to go into wherever, into Sears or Marshalls or whatever and walk into a, a like a men's section or a women's mm-hmm. section. Like, if, if you were to do it, any other way it'd be like what the fuck like I don't want to like especially for I'm thinking for especially very misogynistic men or so on being like I don't want to shop next to to women who or people who look like women shopping for the same things like yeah like I I, I want to have my own section or whatever and it's it's just really fucked up in that sense of uh I I, in my brain, um, I don't know, like, I, I keep thinking back to what uh, Gabby said about, um, about, like, trying not to copy, um, because, like, when, when I was, when I was first coming out, like, the, the person that I kind of, like, um, saw a lot of myself in and like talked to and so on was Ollie, a, f- a mm-hmm. friend of ours uh, from Truman, and um, she had she had slash has a very distinctive style, yes. and like I was always very frustrated with myself that I that I couldn't figure out what my style was, um, and I think that that is still something I carry with me where. I, I, I know what type of clothes I love and, but like, I can't, it it just doesn't feel like I I can break through for some reason. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking in circles. No, it's fine. I, I feel a lot the same. Um, like that part about, uh, Gabby talking about mall and like, Mm-hmm. being feeling like it, she's like copying him like it was very yeah I feel that I I did the same thing with you <laughs> where like I uh you and a girl that I dated Harper um I like I I felt like I was just copying everything and, and I wasn't sure like what being non-binary meant to me. Cause like, there's a part of me that like knew that I, I was just copying things because I didn't know what else to do. So that felt correct. Also Ollie too, Ollie's a massive inspiration. Um, and uh, I feel like Ollie shaped the queer core scene at Truman. So fucking <laughs> Yeah, <hard>. for sure. <laughs> um, God bless you, Ollie. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so weird to like feel like you're copying somebody and like it just feel like you're like stepping on somebody else's like territory and brand um it's yeah it's just when when I don't think I I don't think that those people really ever think about it like in in the case of Gabby and Mal uh and like to for those who don't know Gabby is dating the musician Mal Blum 
um, they came out with an album uh, about a year and a half ago called Pity Boy. And if you haven't heard that, but do listen to our podcast, fucking go and listen to Pity Boy. <laughs> like Pity Boy is is the fucking like for me is how I feel most of the time. And um, but uh, there's this whole like I I don't think that those people who we think we're copying ever think about it or worry about it because um because like it's kind of it's kind of the same way that uh with you and al whenever you guys talk about my influence on you um in your own like figuring out about gender and so on i i can't worry myself too much about it because i'm i'm just living my my life the way that I am trying to live it and um what you take from it that's great and that's yours but I cannot like I cannot touch that because that is how you interpret it and that's and for me that is what's important um I like I have enough bullshit for (laughs) that I have to manage that I I don't need to micromanage that shit (laughs) And I don't think you want me to. And I think that's how, like, um, that's why this worry of copying other people shouldn't shouldn't be there. But I, it, it is part of those transphobic thoughts, I think. Um, and Gabby brings this up, like, quite a bit, is this internalized transphobia that's just being, like, you're not masculine enough. You're not feminine enough. You're not queer enough. You you can't go into a trans space, and like into a trans space, people are gonna fucking look at you weird because you're not dressed in this particular way or you're not doing this particular thing. And I think like yes, there are some people who are kind of like uh, the queer police and so on, but like outside of those like toxic type of people um i we're all just trying to make it through <laughs> like we're all just trying to survive <laughs> so I like also, oh I, I think it's also like as immigrant kids um it's something that i think our parents didn't really it, it, correct me if i'm wrong i feel mm. like I had a very hard time describing to my dad, especially who's the Mexican one, like the idea that I feel uncomfortable copying other people um, because there's this very American sense of individualism. And we, I think we apply that to our queerness of uh, like, we have to be completely unique in everything that we do. We have to completely be our own person with our own personal brand, capital B. Uh, when in reality, we're like yeah. humans that are a part of a movement that very much fit within a certain social class and educational background and artistic style and artistic movement of our time. Like we, we put this enormous amount of pressure on ourselves to be these like, to express our non-binariness in like a completely different way. When in reality, the idea of copying other people, like that's just human sociology. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. We're a part of a scene, we're a part of a movement, we're a part of a certain specific type. And like the way that non-binariness is gonna be perceived in 10 years is not gonna be the same way that we perceived it when we were going through it at this certain time. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. I think we put this enormous amount of pressure on ourselves in the US to kind of like make everything extremely individual and not copy anyone. And like, Mm -hmm. so I, I feel like my dad specifically had a kind of a hard time understanding that part of me because like Mexican culture is not that individualistic at all. You're you're, like understood to be a part of a bigger collective. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But it kind of alienates you. 
I think like for me, it was more that my dad was always like, you're fucking weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it, it's more like you don't fucking fit. <laughs> and, and it wasn't uh, like, that's not okay. Or that is okay. It was this weird kind of in between area. Of, you're weird. <laughs> and, and I, and that is something that I still fucking struggle with. It's like, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm weird and that I like don't necessarily fit, but it's also fucking alienating as, as fuck. Like, yeah. um, but no, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. It's, yeah. it's this, it's this kind of American idea that like we want we want things to make sense um, in kind of a streamlined way, but humans are not like that. Yeah. So. Oh, so we we're talking about like having the, we we're talking about uh, copying people, but I, I feel like another mm -hmm. weird thing is that like the supportive partner, like you mm -hmm. don't expect to have these like thoughts about like, <laughs> I don't know, but what if they don't accept me when you like, I, I know my boyfriend. We've been dating for a very fucking long time. There would be nobody that would be more yeah. supportive than he is. Like I like, we've talked about this before. It like it's, it's no big deal, but it still feels like, it's frustrating because you always want to like give them, like solid information, where you're like, mm -hmm. okay, you can deal with this this way. This is what I want. Da 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 da. How you deal with these are the rules. Like this is what I want. This is how I feel, and it like feels so frustrating to like have to come at them with incomplete information and like constantly changing information yeah. um but i feel like that's a big part yeah. of like having a mature relationship it's like you get to the point where you realize that the whole thing is that you're evolving human beings and that's okay uh-huh and that things are gonna change over time yeah like um yeah i i I agree with that because like there, there are times, uh, and I think like S uh, Stephanie and I had a conversation about this recently, um, but not necessarily about gender or anything, but about something else where there's this whole thing of uh, you, you do, you know that the other person's gonna be really good about it, but like you're still, you're still afraid because you, because I think you're not sure like yeah. you're you're the one who who is doubting you and not and you are kind of projecting that towards someone else of like what if they don't accept it and in reality it's like what if you are not fully accepting it yeah. and uh that <laughs> it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror in that way. Um, I like, I know that if I'm like with Stephanie and we go out shopping and like I go through clothes with her and I find something that I like and so on, I know that she is going to be supportive of it. Yeah. Um, but I still feel weird. <laughs> like I still feel weird, uh, kind of being like, this is what I like. This is what I want. Um, because, it, and we've been dating for five years, like, <laughs> but, but it's this, this fear that like the person closest to me is gonna, is going to act in the same way that I would act if I were outside of myself. Yeah. I think it, it's also like, <laughs> you're afraid that there's still that like re residual fear that like they're going to react the same way that other people have reacted to it. Yeah. 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 Is, like, and you get out of college and like, we've talked about this before, like, I, like, there's just not much that I can do to be kind of non-binary looking and still have a decent job where I can pay my rent. And it's not like, Spencer's or some stupid shit like it's yeah I don't know that like uh Gabby was talking about it in in like their past relationships that they've had like ex-boyfriends who were very unsupportive like just heavily unsupportive of any sort of gender mm -hmm. expression um and I don't think that I've ever had that well I I did in high school but like that's a different situation 
that's yeah that's something that i was thinking about like high school i feel like that does happen especially when we were in high school but yeah but like i i feel like i really haven't had that much in relationships like i i've like every relationship that i've had like first of all kyle is really the only one that's like actually worked out super well for a long time so like that's really been the only one that like i've ever gotten to any sort of emotional maturity with um, so I don't have that much experience, but I, like I, I've tended to go for people who are like very queer, like very, very, very queer um, and like know about queer shit so that I don't have to explain everything that I'm thinking about to them. Um, and uh, I, I think it's more like the outside world, <laughs> like and how they yeah. treat me and like how I am and how I act and like that kind of breaks you on the inside a lot and influences how you like I don't know again they, they talk about the 0.5 being terrifying like that like 0.5 of like oh maybe Kyle's gonna act like the rest of the world even though I know he's fucking not gonna be like it's not it's not a thing mm-hmm. I think it's also that like for me if I were to come to Kyle with a package of like this is what I want which I don't have I don't have a pack I have no idea what I would be bringing to the table at all it like it means that it's a thing now and like I can't sit in like my wishy-washy whatever emotions I have for that particular state or day that I my emotional wishy-washy state like this like cloud of like I am I don't know and I am figuring this out and like it and it feels it feels like when you say it to somebody else it becomes a thing that is there that is no longer real. yours anymore yeah yeah and it's not and it becomes not yours anymore yeah yeah and that's really I, I think that that's a lot of my fear in labeling myself is that like it's no longer my weird cloud of weird shit that I don't know what to do mm-hmm. with it's somebody else's package of this is what it is and that's Mm -hmm. frustrating like very very frustrating yeah no I I agree it's um I I realized I I so like Stephanie spent Stephanie and I spend a majority of our days together now because of lockdown and or because of just the pandemic and so on and I've noticed that I like think a lot of things without saying them like like I will I I will be thinking like let's say we we get donuts and I am thinking oh this donut this specific donut I am going to save for 3 p.m for so for some arbitrary reason (laughs) and uh and then like maybe at 1 p.m she she gets that donuts and starts eating it and yes it's completely in her in her like in her freedom to do so but in my brain I'm like wait I made that decision <laughs> and, but I didn't vocalize it because that would have made it real <laughs> like <laughs> uh, and that's fucking weird to me that I do that and like in some ways I'm I'm trying to sabotage like certain like certain feelings of mine but um but like I, I have come, I think that there's this, this idea that like, after you've spent enough time with someone, you know them so well that you don't need to talk, but you still do. Like you still need to vocalize these things and that's where the fear comes from. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I personally would highly recommend dating artists because all that they do is write introspective shit about what they're mm-hmm. thinking and what they've been going through. And then you have to sit and like talk with them about it. So it's like a really great way of knowing what your partner is going through, like seeing what kind of art they're making and what direction their head's going in. <laughs> it's very yeah. useful. Would recommend dating an artist for emotional well, stability. <laughs> well, Stephanie and I were talking about this last night where we were talking about friends of ours that um, they both, they're dating and they both do the same type of art. And I'm like- I could not do that. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like both both of us were like, thank God we don't do the same type of work because we would be judging ourselves and each other like all the time. But like, <laughs> but like doing two different forms of art and still understanding each other as artists is very fun. <laughs> like uh, yeah. we we can we can understand these issues uh, that we deal with but without like the fucking weird um competitiveness that that could occur yeah so. it's also it's really nice working in artistic field where like you straight up don't understand what the other one's doing <laughs> like my boyfriend's yeah. a dancer i don't get dance at all i don't know anything about the history or like the like how things are made i like he's also like a musical theater major i fucking hate musicals fucking hate them can't do it um and like i do rock music and like goth music and like that kind of stuff and like that is so not kyle's shit at all um and i think at first it was frustrating because i like i was younger and i was just like i want somebody who like worships me and whatever and like i, I think the the more that i go on i'm like i it's really freeing because I know this isn't Kyle shit, so I can do whatever the hell that I want. Cause like, he's not gonna get it or like it anyway. It also has the added thing where like, if he likes something that I do, then it's like extra fucking special. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. kind of nice to not have that. So if you're gonna date an artist, date someone who does art that's completely different from yours and that you don't get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's the, like, like Stephanie does ceramics and, um, like there there's something so like for me I find visual art so interesting because that is like quite different from what I do on a daily basis and um there there's just like a type of beauty that those art forms achieve that that are just special um yes. in their own in their own ways and I like sharing that like I like sharing that with each other and trusting each other in that sense because like um even though I know very little about ceramics like Stephanie still asks me for my opinion on her stuff and uh I do this and I do the same with my poetry um Stephanie in the past like few months has been taking an online course about um what is it glazes and it's like the science of glaze work and like what what put you put into a glaze how how hot you fire it in and so on and so forth and that shit is fucking insane <laughs> like i i can barely understand of of like two percent of of the stuff that she's learning and that we talk about but it's it's still so interesting uh because there's just like that extra layer that i can't grasp so yeah i i feel the same with kyle like there's so much like a lot of it i don't get but like i have learned so fucking much from him like i like yeah it it I dance is something again I admire it so much because I can never fucking do that but like at the same time he like has been like I was complaining about my posture and he was just like oh there's this Feldenkrais uh, like exercise that I can show you that like really helps you become like a little bit more aware um, and like Feldenkrais is all about like uh, body awareness like in the mind and like tricking your brain into allowing you to do things that it wouldn't let you do either way like before mm. Um, so it, it's extremely interesting and just like the body awareness that dancers have to have like the more that I learn the more that I realize that I don't know how to use my body and it's just so yeah. revelation like it's a massive revelation like learning how to use my body and like what all the like I still massively uncoordinated and like horrible at choreography and like the best that I can do is kind of like Mick Jagger dancing on stage um, <laughs> but like I want to get to that point because I just I like I I, I am beginning to understand how cool it is. Um, and also just like the history of dance and like we watch dances uh, and with like Royal Opera mm -hmm. and like stuff like that. And it's just so incredibly educational because it's just things that I would have never come to on my own. Um, and also mm -hmm. I get like live commentary from a dude that's like having his like masters 
and like yeah. dance right now and it's it's just so cool this veered so far off the like gender yeah 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 so i did i like did think back. of a yeah i i did think of something that i wanted to discuss um was like um i don't know about your part of tiktok <laughs> because like we mentioned before we 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 work in different parts of of all social media but um I, in in the kind of like area where i'm at like just going through there's there's been especially in the past like week or so quite a bit of conversation about uh about people working through gender stuff during the pandemic and this time away from having to present yourself uh, to other people and thinking about that presentation of yourself to yourself and like how how does the performance of gender uh, change as you no longer have to see it through other people's eyes and th this especially in TikTok goes into like people who are struggling with uh she they pronouns like whether or not they want to go by she they and um i i am like fascinated by this because um it, it's very similar to to what gabby is exploring because it's what and especially as someone who is fascinated in performance what happens once you take the audience away? Like, how does how does the process of feeling gender change? And what what will happen once we have audiences again? Once we go back out into the world and have to be perceived by other fucking human beings, how will that further uh, change things? I actually wrote out um, one of the TikToks that you sent me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. By um, XTRA.XTINA. Um, X X so much of womanhood and what we are taught means to be a woman is connected to men. You have to be pretty to be attracted to men. You have to be blah, blah, blah to be attracted to men. And I feel like this wave of people are finding themselves and finding who they are, um, are finding out that they're lesbians and cutting off their ties to men. And that thing of like, I'm supposed to be attracted to men. Um, and realizing that they're non-binary because they no longer have a connection to womanhood. Uh, when I say womanhood, mm -hmm. I mean society's idea of women, like not what being a woman means, like what we are taught that being a woman means. I, I definitely, I had not been on that side of TikTok, but I understand that feeling of like, <laughs> I, I don't really have that much human interaction now. So I've had to mm -hmm. find out what womanhood and what masculinity means to me on my own terms. I think that's a that's a thing that I am trying to like not not come up with like a New Year's resolution because like we've talked about this before where New Year's resolutions are kind of fucked up and weird. I don't do them. But but like there there is a part of me that i i want to use these next few months that i know that i'm still going to be in quarantine kind of inside and so on to really explore like explore these things that i'm uncomfortable with in masculinity in both masculinity and femininity um because i i I, I think partially because of this podcast, partially because of the way that we talk about it and so on, I intellectualize gender so fucking much that um, I, it, it no longer feels like something I feel in my body. Yeah. And I think that is part of the reason why I don't, um, whenever people talk about gender euphoria, I, I have a really hard time connecting with it because I very rarely feel it. And slash like, I don't know if I've ever felt gender euphoria. And I think it's because I'm so disconnected from my body. Like it's, it, I'm so disconnected from all of that. And I think about these things in like fucking 4D chess ways that like don't allow me to enjoy 
the the simple feeling of it and I I want to use these next few months to actually allow myself to the liberty of feeling things I absolutely would highly recommend that I one of the things that has really helped me with being with Kyle is we're talking about Feldenkrais like acknowledging that I have a body like I I feel like that's been a really big change for me in the pandemic uh, is kind of centering myself back in my body. And that really has changed the way that I think and how I feel. Um, and it has given me a really good awareness of that. So I think that's a very good train for you to follow as a person. Mm -hmm. It's really helped me. One of the things that has happened to me that is frustrating to me with having all of this gender trouble is that like gender trouble kind of entails that you have to be kind to yourself. Um, in some sort of scenario and forgiving with yourself and patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is just absolutely like, it's never been my vibe, but it's so absolutely not oh, my vibe right now because I like, it's not even like a self-deprecating thing. I like the pandemic was a moment where like, we all had to like, be like, Oh, it's fine. If you don't go to the gym, cause it's like bad in the gym. It's fine. If you don't work out, it's fine. If you eat a little bit more, it's fine. If you gain a little bit of weight, it's fine. If you like, don't get everything done that you need to get done. Cause it's like depressing sad times. And it's fine. If you put all your artistic projects on hold, cause you're depressed and like, it's really, really sad. And like that, that was the correct way to go about it for like the first two months. And like, but people have like literally like fucked and then had a baby during this time. Um, like, <laughs> so the full process happened and like, it, it's been so fucking long. And like, I am so absolutely done being kind to myself and like babying mm. myself and like, just kind of like being like, Oh, it's fine. If I don't get that done, it, it's fine. If I don't grow right now, it's fine. If I don't like do that because it's been so fucking long. Like I can't just like keep going mm. on being so fucking fra fragile. Like I like, I have shit that I want to do. I like, hopefully this isn't all bark and no bite, but I've got things that I like really want to put myself out there for. Like I got cast in a movie, yeah. some acting in a movie. I am, uh, have I told you that? Yeah, 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 we've talked. Okay, <laughs> cool. Oh my God. All these things like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, in general, I'm in a point where I am really fucking done being fragile and really fucking done like being nice to myself. And I just like have to get this shit done because I am 27. And like, I like, I'm not mm -hmm. old, <laughs> but like, I have a limited amount of time before I am just like a middle-aged, like fucking man in <laughs> like a bar singing a sting covers and like, <laughs> i don't want to sing sting covers i want to be fucking sting and it's just like this thorn in my side this like thing that i have to be fragile with myself because i just genuinely don't know what to do with the idea of gender and like i like mm -hmm. honestly have been just like mostly going by he him like both in my personal life and with kyle and like referring to myself that way and like going on and like I really don't particularly want to change that right now I like maybe it's she her maybe it's they them they them is probably the like most safe thing because I like it, it always feels nice because people are being supportive and I love being supportive but like I like I just don't have fucking time for it and that's what's so frustrating is like I am having all of these gender troubles and these gender troubles the solution to them is to be kind to myself but I don't have fucking mm -hmm. time to be kind to myself because I got shit that I need to fucking do and that's so frustrating to deal with that yeah no I I think I I understand what you're saying I think I'm in the complete other camp <laughs> where 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 I hear these I think like for the past like for quite a while within quarantine, I would hear these things about like being nicer to yourself and so on and being like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I, I need to do that. And then being like, no, fuck it. Like, I'm not gonna be nice to myself. I'm gonna even be worse <laughs> to myself. And <laughs> because, ooh, do I like to double down? <laughs> but, uh, but, now, like some sometimes as I'm scrolling through TikTok, I'll see the, these like really nice videos of people being like, hey, 
you're awesome. Like, you're great. And I don't like, I don't care if I've never seen you before, but you're great. You're beautiful. You can do these things. You can achieve these things. You be nice to yourself, so on and so forth. And in my brain, I go, that is great. I'm very happy about that. And I can do that for other people. But I I hear those things and I'm like, that's so great for other people. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> like, like that, those things that you're lying to you, yourself person because those things don't apply to me. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and, and I really need to fucking like step, like step that down. I really need to be more accepting of that energy Uh, and I think that this goes back to the whole issue of like talking to your partner or whatever is like I am scared of that supportive energy because I'm not I'm not supportive of myself myself. yeah I'm not supportive of myself so when I get that supportive energy I'm like oh man I tricked (laughs) you like oh man I I fucking tricked (laughs) you and and in reality it's like I'm just I'm setting a trap to catch myself and I catch myself and I let myself stay in that trap. And, and I, I just need to fucking phase through it. Like I need to start vibrating at a different level where I can just like step out of that trap (laughs) because I, I, it's, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of, of doing these mental gymnastics of, of hearing nice things and then being like, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me. So that's so interesting. I like, I, I feel we definitely have the opposite problem where I like, I'm so set on being the cool girl. Like, it, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, like I like, I don't really want to take up space in like trans spaces because like, I did like, if you don't invite me there, like, that's fine. Like, it, like, I, I, I'm like, I understand that I look like a dude. Uh, I like, I don't want to put myself in there. So like, you can just do whatever you want with me and I'll be okay with it. Um, I've got other things that I want to do with my life. So like, you can figure out whatever you want to do with me. I don't have time to be kind to myself. I just don't (laughs) like what, ah, that's so frustrating and boring. I think unfortunately, I I think the whole like don't have time. I'm I don't want to like belittle what you're saying, but like I think part of that is 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 this is this concept that that things in life have to happen at certain times um, because they don't. <laughs> like um, I think I think if if the pandemic has taught us anything is that time is fucking nothing like time is the stupidest construct in the world and um but i i i get what you're saying i i understand it i for me i can't continue doing the things that i want to do if i don't take the time to to understand myself because I have been working on 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 a fuel tank of nothing for so long that that I'm just driving myself into the ground so Mm. that's very foreboding for me Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird seeing that the pandemic has kind of like neutralized the outside world but like the outside mm-hmm. world is still there. Like a lot of that, the reason why for me, it's so difficult to turn that part of my brain that says you have to be a certain age when you do these certain things, you have to have a certain look to do these certain things, you have to like do this, is that I like, I am so hyper aware of like how the world needs me to be in order to be successful. And like, I watched so much mm-hmm. like America's Next Top Model and like project runway and like things like that, that that have very set parameters for what it takes to be successful. And I know that I'm capable of doing exactly what they want me to do. Um, so I, I just feel this incredible pressure, like as much as the world has like ended and it feels very futile to be trying to like pander to all of these, like things that people need me to be in order to be successful. Like I still feel the weight of the world out there. And I like, I, I'm just like fucking trying like so hard to be, absolutely everything that the world needs me to be so that at least if I fail, it's not because I didn't fucking try. Um, so mm-hmm. 
which is going to be very frustrating when I fail and I spent all of this time caring so much about what people think about me. Um, so hopefully it pans out. Uh, if not, it's going to be real fucking sad. Um, what, what have we learned today? <laughs> I think we've learned You're too nice that... to yourself. I'm not nice enough. <laughs> I think I was too nice to myself. I think we both kind of arrived at the same place of being extremely mean to ourselves and extremely impatient to ourselves. So like we yeah. got there by different avenues. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is, I think, the story of our friendship. <laughs> yeah. The lesson of this all and, and that I hope that other people will get from this is like uh, gender is fake um, and you're allowed mm. to struggle with that uh, yeah. and struggle what it means to you because like how, how do you like arrive at anything concrete when like the very thing that you're trying to arrive at doesn't exist to begin with. Mm -hmm. but people care about it a lot it's still some yeah it's it's like um it's like that really dumb thing called democracy also that (laughs) other dumb thing called capitalism (laughs) (laughs) but you know whatevs (laughs) it's fine like in the end to be honest whatever you're going through it's fine like yeah all of these things, not having shit figured out, feeling like tension about talking to your partner who you know is gonna be absolutely supportive. Like, it's fine. Like, it's all fucking fine. Like, it's fine. And I think that's a thing that I just need to repeat to myself all the time. And I think like, uh, kind of like the first step of dealing with any addiction or problem is, admitting you have a problem. Um, I think it's also important to admit to yourself that you do have internalized transphobia, like that there are things that you are gonna have to work through uh, having to deal with that. Uh, But like, also you don't have to work through that right now. Like if you really don't want to deal with that right now, you don't have to. If you do, do it. Like it's, like you said, it's fine. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, at Rotero, Rotero, Rotero. Uh, my Twitter is at Rotero, Rotero, and my TikTok is for me. Please don't look it up. <laughs> uh, I'm at Moon Poet and on pretty much everything. On Twitter, it's uh, all capital letters, except uh, the O's are zeros. And on everything else, it's all uh, small letters, what, lowercase, <laughs> lowercase letters, but the O's are zeros. Um, keep an eye out for the chat book that should be coming out in the next month or so, late. January, I think, uh, from Giallo Lit. Um, they're a really cool press. You should check them out. Uh, the chapbook is called Seven Deaths, an Oral History. Um, and the cover is done by our own Rotero Rotero. So. All right. Uh, you can also follow us at theybempodcast.com and on uh, Spotify and iTunes and any place where podcasts are done. Uh, bye. Bye.